boy, you've been waiting for it, and it's finally here. First Issue Club comes out every Wednesday, and today's Wednesday. Oh, it's Wednesday, baby. Yes. Finally. We made it. The thing I've been waiting for. Not comics. The people talking about the comics from last week. Right, yeah. The people I'm in the reading club with. How are you? You're going to go to your shop, and you're going to go down the aisles, and you're going to say, what, what came out last week? But now you're going to know. What came out last week and what you should buy because you're listening to this podcast. You lost me. (laughs) I hope you understand what the show is from the context clues we gave you in this crazy energetic intro. You know, Mike, if they didn't, what is this show? A reading club for first issues, the most accessible comics in the whole landscape and industry. They're the onboarding point to new stories, new characters, sometimes old characters, but a good jumping on point. They are the books that tell you what's happening in the comic book world, and that's why we cover them. It levels the playing field for people that are new to comics and old fans alike, and we can have some community and conversation based around comic books, which us nerds need more of. Oh, yeah. I'll tell you what thing this podcast isn't. It ain't a gimmick. <laughs> Hell no. <laughs> tell them, Budget King. Now, there are gimmicks out there, mm-hmm. podcasts that do things adjacent to this. Reading number ones. That's a steadfast, uh, true strategy. Yeah, it wasn't just a fun (laughs) title. I mean, okay, how many podcasts are started because of a pun or a rhyme someone thought of? Almost all of them. This would be a good podcast. Yeah, my favorite murder, alliteration. (laughs) (laughs) A prime example. So, uh, but yeah, ours was the first issue club. Tell you what it is. There's no pun. Yeah, you know what you're going to get. We had a good idea before we had a title. (laughs) You know what we didn't do? Print t-shirts before we recorded our first episode. Right, yeah, yeah. We still don't have t-shirts. Which is amazing. Early t-shirts, huge sign of a gimmick. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. People going overboard. Especially if they're on Threadless. So many people. uh, I must bring in my Trump impression. So many people on Threadless (laughs) with their ideas and their shirts that they haven't cemented. Trying to make a quick buck. Would you ever purchase a t-shirt for a podcast you hadn't listened to? <laughs> if it was cool enough. Yeah, me too. And cheap enough. Mm-hmm. Design was cool. Yeah. Here's the problem now. There are so many uh, emblazoned racists now that you never know if the podcast shirt you're wearing happens to be a racist. Or like shitheads, yeah. right? They just ousted uh, one of the biggest uh, Q honors. Mm-hmm. As like a pretty famous uh, CrossFit chiropractor. Oh, really? Uh huh. Yeah, like he was like anonymous and stuff. So uh-huh. <laughs> there it is. He never like you're not saying he posted to QAnon the uh, actual QAnon account. He was like an advocate. He was an advocate and yeah. shared stuff yeah. and had a separate account. Okay. Yeah, and a racist of sorts, I think. Okay, so we got to talk about comics, though. <laughs> yeah, what? Where Where am I? Yeah, we got to talk about number ones. <laughs> I lost track of myself there. <laughs> this week, we're talking about a couple of cool number ones. We've been really excited about this Robin number one Yeah, that uh, came out this week. We're following Damien. Yes. One of my favorite Robins. Yes, my favorite. I've got I've got thoughts about this, okay. about Damien. Hey, so. well, we're going to keep that in your pocket for now. Yeah, then. yeah. That's just a little teaser to get you jazzed. <laughs> and then we're doing Helm. Helm Greycastle. Helm Greycastle. The title of the book is the titular character. Yes, this is a image top cow book. Yes. Yeah. And, and boy, do I have takes. <laughs> oh, I have lots of takes there. Okay. 
Good. We read other first issues. We talk about them a little on the Patreon. Well, we read like three other first issues. Mm-hmm. So plug for our Patreon. Yep. If you want to hear about those, go over to our Patreon and look at that. We talk about Berserker too a little bit. Yeah. So I, I have a thing for you that's that's newsy, news news wise, newsy oh, newsness. This is great. You didn't tell me about this. You didn't give me warning. Well, I did come actually. To the podcast. I don't know if you read the twenty text messages that I sent. Ready <laughs> for news? I do not read our text thread. Okay, perfect. This is great. So did you see that somehow, and I don't know how, they figured out that... Who's they? Twitter. Okay. Sorry. When I say they, I always, mean, always... <laughs> I always mean Twitter. They uh-huh. equals Twitter. All right. Okay. <laughs> they <laughs> Great. figured out that I think it's Activision. I don't I could be wrong there. Uh-huh. Whoever makes Injustice. Yep. And... Uh, it's a video game is, where DC superheroes fight each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is going to also make a Marvel game of the same similar nature okay and there was a big twitter trending thing of like marvel versus dc have a little bit of crossover everybody wants it oh why don't they make a game together yeah or throw i think the thinking was like throw a couple marvel characters as hidden characters in injustice because i i don't know if you ever played injustice but like you can get i think you can get like yoda oh so there's other properties yeah you can get like some some, like weird shit okay and so there was that going on, right? And I don't know I don't know which begets what. Mm-hmm. So when I'm telling you this, CBR then published a fairly popular article that was like Marvel versus DC, we're going to run down st- the strengths and have them like fight each other. Okay. And see like, like comparable heroes. Yeah, yeah, okay. like 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 who wins out. Yeah. Green Arrow, Hawkeye, things yeah. thing, things like that, Perfect right? Perfect match. Flash yeah. Quicksilver probably. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Marvel won like eight of the ten. Oh wow! Yeah, I kind of wouldn't have expected. I guess my thing is, Superman so powerful that I just think, man, he could kick so many people's ass. Yeah, but if so, we're talking about one on one, maybe it is Marvel. It is. So this is their argument: is that had this been the eighties or nineties, yep, DC would have won out. They were like overpowering their heroes, yeah, and making like just like big strength. And they they make the argument that. Currently, Marvel has had swung s- in the other direction. Yeah, had such a series of success, they've overpowered their heroes. Mm-hmm. Where in the like the '90s, they shifted to like more. I don't know if it's more story based, but like less power based. Yeah, they hear- isn't it funny that that's the thing that people used to like really say they loved about Marvel comics is how it was less um, big brutes yes. and more like personal stories. Yeah, and are are we just getting better at? telling personal stories with people who are like amped up to a thousand percent right because in my opinion marvel still has a lot of that like personal stuff with their characters totally yeah but captain marvel can like push a fucking planet (laughs) into like a different rotation yeah and it just is like iron man wins out hulk wins out like you know all of these like things went out and so marvel won out in the strength wars and that pissed a bunch of people off on twitter i think that it that, pissed them off so yeah, them yes they and so somewhere in between that and this is uh was was happening on on twitter the the epic marvel versus do you remember we were at a con it's great that people are finally talking about this <laughs> what a long overdue conversation marvel versus dc which one's better do you do you remember when we were at a convention once and like a kid was like Hey, hey, um, it was a whole DC panel. I was like, hey, what, what, um, 
what Marvel characters would you like to draw? And uh, who's who's better, Marvel or DC? And they were like, and it's a kid, so I don't want to like shit on them too much. But they were like, uh, DC, DC pays our checks, so we like DC better. And it's just like, <laughs> and it's like, but it, what it showed is it's like every kid, and I was this kid, yeah. that it's like, you want to see them. You mm-hmm. just want to see it like happen. Yeah. And lose your mind. Yeah. Of the crossover. Totally. Like, yeah. Oh, like, yeah. Like, you, everybody does. We were lucky enough to have uh, amalgam happen when we were kids. And they didn't even fight each other. They were just, they got combined into like worse characters. Right. <laughs> but it was still like blew my mind. Like I loved it so much. Right. If they fought each other, I would lose my fucking brain. The fact that they can't figure something out like sucks. It would just be like printing money, I think. Yeah. And I think that in some ways the cat, yeah, they think they have a cachet. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. There's that. There's also they had this trending about TikTok in the, um, okay, what is the exact, let me get the hashtag correct. I believe it is something about abolish MCU TikTok. That's what it is. Okay. What does that mean? Apparently there's a big cohort of MCU TikTok that is fetishizing like weird um, fight scenes and like being sexist uh-huh. and like all this kind of shit or whatever. So fetishizing fight scenes yeah like torture scenes of like some of the characters in the mcu and stuff it it was it was a weird rabbit hole um to like go down but like it was it's worth talking here because it was so high in trending that i was like what oh like it made like a global trending oh it was like number three oh my god it was like what a weird niche yeah it was like the the north carolina um guy that got shot and then this and it was like, like it was like a almost like a BTS trend or something. Oh my and I was God. like, what is this? So I this is a weird news piece where I'm like, I don't know what this is. Uh-huh. I saw it. I'm mentioning it. I kind of got some feels for it. Maybe somebody listening here knows more about MCU TikTok and the atrocities that they're committing than we do. But there it is. Okay. So. While, while we're on nerd culture, I want to talk about some video game stuff. Oh, please. Batman Fortnite stuff started oh, coming out. I'm so glad you mentioned this. Yeah. Far and away the hottest comic book in in the stores. Right. Um, online retailers that almost never mark books up uh, around the time they go to market. Like a lot of times you'll see like re- online retailers will hold back some copies and then sell them at an inflated price a week or two later. Um, but never like the day comics come out if they're like a commercial marketplace. Right. I saw normal commercial marketplaces selling these, what do they call it, zero point? Something like that, yeah. Batman comics, wherein there's a code to get a Fortnite skin for $50 a pop. The A, B, and C covers were selling for 50 bucks. I don't know if the motivation is to get the unique code to get the character, or if it's just that the books are collectible for some reason. I think it is 100% to get the, the code. I think it's all about the code, the exclusivity of the code. Yeah. And being able to get it. The code in and of itself, I think these codes are like 20 bucks anyway, the skins. Oh. So it's like. This one's even rarer because it's. If you were paying $3 or 4 bucks for it, you were getting a great deal. Okay. If you're paying 50 bucks for it and you just have to have it, mm-hmm. then you're, you're not losing a shit ton of money, I guess. Yeah. Do, yeah. do you know what the, the skin is, by the way? I think it's Harley Quinn. It's like slutty Harley Quinn. Oh, no. <laughs> so it's like. On top of that, it's yeah. like a horny thing. Yeah. Okay. Just kind of like. Well, and you've got gamers doing it, right? So it's um, people who are very internet and web savvy because it's a web-based game. It's like a multiplayer. I don't need to explain Fortnite to people. <laughs> it's a console game. But 
in any case, these are people who would be like, oh, this thing's coming out. How do I get it? I can pre-order it on one of these sites. Sure. I find a list of websites on Reddit that have it. Like, it's been sold out forever. Did, did you go to the comic book store today? Yes. The one that we go to, uh-huh. he would pick up the phone and he would just go, you're looking for the Fortnite comic? We don't have it. Yeah, he's like, We're not, we don't have it yet. <laughs> he said the telltale sign would be when somebody would call and be like, I don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah. He's like, Fortnite. <laughs> yeah. You're looking for a Fortnite comic. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, good on them for mm-hmm. the mar- doing figuring it out, doing yep. the marketing world that like yep. actually makes sense. Marvel did a similar thing with Fortnite. That's the thing. That book didn't pop off or sell like crazy. They didn't do it right. They didn't do it like this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> DC did it better. Donny Cates, I think, wrote it. Yeah. Yeah. It was and- a mini, it was like a support story featuring Thor in the back of a Fantastic Four book. It was like Fantastic and Four I, 24. And I, and I could be wrong, but I think the way they did it was at the same time in Fortnite, yeah. they like reskinned things to be Marvel-esque that you could like get or like, I don't even know. Right. I, I've played Fortnite a handful of times, but I don't I don't know how it worked. But it wasn't like you bought this comic, you got something exclusive. Yeah. So It just coincided at the same time. They yeah. did some variant covers that were fun that featured Fortnite characters. And this, then there was this, like a couple little backup stories. Right. DC captured on the collectible mania culture of, mm-hmm. of it that's going on right now. Yep. They did it right. We called this, by the way. Do you? I don't know if you remember this, but mm-hmm. like four episodes ago, we said this was going to happen. Did we? Mm-hmm. We talked about this. Well, go us. Yeah. Um, as always, listen um, to our episode and know what comic books to invest in. <laughs> I'm always dropping nuggets of wisdom and then just forgetting about it because it happens so often. It's not a special occurrence. Nope. Another special occurrence was if you followed Steak, there was a secret variant where she's giving the middle finger. That's not a special occurrence. <laughs> it's a weird. A scout comic. A scout a comic having a character giving a middle finger. <laughs> All those books are overloaded with like, fuck you and wanking and yeah. In your, it's for adults. Be it, re- be reminded by all the over the top like cursing. It does say like mature on it though, which mm-hmm. is like an odd throwback to be like, oh yeah, things that used to have to say like mature on them. <laughs> yeah. oh, it's goofy. Let's get into Robin. Okay. Robin came out this week. It was a Joshua Williamson story following Damien. Mm-hmm. Which let me talk. Let me ask you about Damien really quickly. Yes. Damien is famously tiny. Little boy Robin. Does he ever? He's the. I think he's the youngest Robin. For sure, right? And he's also the Teen Titans Robin. Mm-hmm. But like, he's so characteristically tiny. Yeah. Characteristically. <laughs> <laughs> You're slurring your words, sir. I don't know the word there. Get out of this podcast. <laughs> he's uh, he's very much tiny. Is mm-hmm. he ever, they ever going to size him up? Oh, you, is that a kink for you? <laughs> you like big Robins? I want him huge. No, I, I like. Did they make him short? I like, want like Iron Giant Robin. Ooh, imagine if like or just Nightwing sized Robin. Like, <laughs> just like, you're. Are you saying how long can he stay a child? I think it's more than he's a child. Mm-hmm. I know that he's fourteen. I think he's like too small for a fourteen-year-old. Comically small. Yeah. And they like that about him. Mm-hmm. I wonder if they're always gonna make him like short and tiny. Instead of like oh, like as a grown man, will yeah, he be of like smaller Danny, stature? Danny, Danny DeVito size, mm-hmm. yeah. This is a great question. <laughs> we gotta. Find, how are we gonna get to the bottom of this? I don't know, but I'm glad you asked me. I don't know the answer if he's gonna stay small forever, or if that's a signature thing about him. Okay, I just assumed he was a child. <laughs> Good point. Anyway, we got Damien here. Damien's doing his thing. Mm-mm. This was a very hyped book. 
And this book lived up to the hype, I have to say. I think so. This is a brilliant done book. Well, I'll say it's unfair advantage because we really like Damien already. Correct. Big big Damien heads here. There's too many Robins in the timeline. <laughs> this is my like favorite Robin. I say if you clean them up and we don't like hear from Nightwing for a little bit, fine by me. <laughs> yeah, totally. People who are fans of Titans, I'm just like, what? I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, so what this book did so well was instead of being like, here's the Gotham plot line that we're going to like tie in to mm-hmm. like Alfred dying and all that, which it does have a little bit of that. Mm. They basically said like, all right, new plot line. <laughs> yeah. Damien, you're essentially like going into Fight Club. Yes. And like UFC. And right. you're just going to like fight these epic people into this world. And that's the world you're going to live in. Yeah. Even if that's just the run of this book series. Right. Is just like Dragon Ball Z fight world. Yeah. It was so not in the weeds. And that happens so much when you're not dealing with the thing that you read all the time at DC or you have a writer who isn't mainline also doing the spinoff. So often these adjunct series are just like inaccessible and a nightmare. Right. I was so pleasantly surprised. I Yes, I was floored by it because yeah. it's it is a it's a very tropey anime thing mm-hmm. to do. The way that they did it in like the secret fight club and things like that and all that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, fight tournament, Mortal Kombat yeah, style. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. It's Mortal Kombat, great example, right? That I was like, I know the story and I like it. And I like that he's a badass. Yep. The curveball here is we get the official introduction to a new character mm. named Flatline. Yes. Who seemingly pulls out his heart as he finds out that the world I'm now in is fight to the death world. Yes. Right? Right. So, I mean, he's not dead. There's no way that we just launched a series where he's dying. Well, the the whole thing is this is like a Lazarus tournament. It is called the Lazarus tournament. By the pit. So you can assume that they can safely fight to the death and then bring people back Ra's al Ghul style. Got it. Yes. Okay. Ra's al Ghul, famously the grandfather of Damien. Mm-hmm. So I love the family ties here, him going to explore... Some of his heritage, they've teased with that and other storylines, and he's had, you know, interactions with these characters before. But it's cool that he, like, deleted all his social media, like, used his smart guy detective skills to clean his tracks. So no one in Gotham knows where he is and what he's done, but he's on a finding himself spree and exploring his his heritage. And one of the reasons why Damien is so beloved, I think, is because he's true chaotic neutral. And this is that happens in Teen Titans. Mm-hmm. It's a big storyline where it's like he's not afraid to go full on violent. Yeah. Um, and like be brutal. Yeah. I don't know about killing. I, I'm not an expert to know if he's killed somebody or not. Um, but I, I don't think it would be beneath him. He's entertained killing before. Yeah. I De- know I've at least read. Did he kill Deathstroke? Like he might have killed Deathstroke. Okay. Was this was like the book with like the sauna? Yeah. Do you remember the, like the sauna storyline? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. We could be completely wrong there. Yeah. Anyway, the reason why people love him though is because he has that fuse to just go off, mm-hmm. and here he they let they un- unleash him. I feel like in a great way. They even explain in this comic book that this is the person poised to take over the mantle of Batman should Bruce die. And everyone's just kind of like, oh, the assumption would be that it would be Damien. And out of all the Robins, he's, even though he's really young, he's the closest in wits to fill that role. Mm -hmm. But he's also the thing everybody wants in Batman that Batman can never give us, which is like 
kill these atrocious monsters who keep on hurting the people you love. Right. And Damien has no issue with that. So, like, when you see him, it's, like, such a relief and breath of fresh air to, like, see that logical perspective from a character who, like, actually has power and continues to move on. He's not just, like, a passerby who's like, you affected my life because the Joker survived. And Batman's like, oh, the eternal struggle and conundrum that I live within. Yeah. The Also, the difference between Damien and why he's a better character than Bruce is he's a leader. Like, he has this Pied Piper charisma mm-hmm. to him. Yeah. That people are like, they like his energy. Yeah, right. Like, whether or not it's right or good, they're just like, I'm, I want some of that. Yes. And so, like, whereas Batman's like, I'm a lone wolf. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right. Lost in the hubbub of Zero Point and Crossover 6 and a couple other things that came out the this Marvels. week. Marvels. Yeah. Marvels was that DC Batman line has been popping off with all these first appearances of strong female leads, be they heroes or villains. We've got Punchline, then... Cyberpunk Girl. Cyber Molly. Yeah. Or whatever her name is. Miracle Molly. I always call her Cyber Molly. Um, Which comes out next week, maybe? Yeah. I think you're right. And, I mean, those books, like, pre-sold, like, nuts. Mm -hmm. I feel like people are really sleeping on... The flatline appearance. She seems like a fun character. James Tinian has acknowledged that she's going to show up in other runs and other storylines. She was lines. a badass in this comic. And she, yeah, she was like really badass and fun. I'm surprised that we're not seeing Robin One sell out more places. So there, there was a lot of good variants on this cover. There were good variants. Um, so yeah, I, I think you're absolutely right. I'm. It's odd to me that this book wasn't more hyped up. Yes. than it was. We we went hard on it. We knew obviously we were going to cover this book. I bought several covers. <laughs> yeah. I even bought. I think I mentioned this in another episode we do where our Patreon or something. But I even got the pencil sketch. Oh, nice. Like the first cover appearance of. The character as well, Flatline. Flatline. And Flatline's going to fight. She's got a cool character design. She's got like a skull drawn on her face. Going to fight Punchline at some point. Right, so. we know that. Yeah. The two lines, <laughs> Flatline and Punchline. <laughs> um, yeah, so I. It, this is a great book. We obviously were fans of this book before it even came out. Yeah. So, uh, but it did not not disappoint. Yeah. And it's a like it felt like a big big read. Like it was like there's a lot of story there. Yes. Um. So it was fun. Yeah. I'm intrigued to see if he brings his mother into the fold more, or she shows up in this. There's plenty of fodder for like more additional characters and surprises to show up. Um. I don't know if the whole Mortal Kombat style tournament thing is like done in the storyline because he's already been killed, killed. <laughs> or if they like bring him back and they're like have a mulligan yeah like go you, go for it again. you came out here with like your dick swinging and we're like i'm gonna beat the shit out of all of you let's start right now and then gets killed immediately we didn't even mention this but he starts off by f- beating the shit out of in the tournament bane's father yes as kind of retribution for alfred yes which is the fight that gets him into the tournament right yeah the coin of sorts yeah, yeah. mm-hmm um, this is a great comic book. Read it. Like, must read. Yeah. Like, and I think this series is going to be great, so. Um, and again, I think first appearance that um, people are maybe sleeping on that could be something. And it, and I, they may be sleeping on it because the cameo already happened? Yes, there's a Detective Comics book in, like, the 1020s. That has the cameo of it. That has a cameo, and she's on a screen or something. Is that what it is? I mean, it's like, couldn't be more of a cameo. She's, like, Ugh. in the background on a surveillance screen. <laughs> And I kind of hate when creators do this shit. It's just like, ooh, we snuck it in and nobody knows what it is. <laughs> but and I then love, you find I love, out later. I love that like comic book world has created the 
the term cameo so that they can't claim it's the first appearance. So they're like, oh, it's the cameo. It's not the valuable one. This is the valuable one. Okay. There's this really stupid thing uh, that, you know the character Misty Knight? Mm-hmm. So yeah. there was a first appearance of Misty Knight for a long time before Chris Claremont was like, oh, so like a couple years earlier, we wrote a comic where this girl got mugged. That was Misty Knight. And that girl was actually Misty Knight. And everyone's like, oh, now that's the first appearance. But she's never addressed by name. It's such a far detachment that I don't think even though the original creators of the character said that's the first appearance, I don't think like CGC even acknowledges it as a cameo or first appearance. I think they have the original one that people assume is there's so many murky things about this that I don't like. Yeah. So, 30th anniversary of Deadpool. Okay. This past week. And we, we don't talk about Domino. It's also in that first appearance. Yes, it's her first appearance as well. One of the reasons why that book is like $900. Oh, huge, yeah. Domino's a huge character still yeah. and is in all these mainline X-Force yeah. books. And movies. Right. Yeah. So, her first appearance, she's actually a character called Copycat or something like that, who is a mystique sort of character who can like look like other people. So, that issue is actually not her first appearance she shows up in x-force 8 like a month later or something in a flashback but that's a cameo supposedly wolverine is the way you can tell the difference between cameo and first appearance how they introduced him is like historically like a very good litmus of like this is why it's a cameo this is why it's a first appearance oh really i didn't know this i'll have to look into that yeah so thought piece yes oh there we go yes (laughs) this is the think piece so uh this is Robin. We could spend the whole podcast on, on the Robin book because it was that good. Yeah. Um, but let's go into our image book. Yes. Helm, Helm Grey Castle. When I saw the title of this, I thought it was a D&D book, like a an actual Dungeons and Dragons entity. Yes. Because it is a fantasy book. Yes. And it is very obviously a fantasy book. This book, first and foremost, lives and dies by the premise of this. So if you, this will let you know if you need to pick up this book or not. Mm-hmm. It is a role-playing game. And encourages you to play the role-playing game. Half the book is playing the role-playing game. It gives you a very nice story with it. But this comic book is meant to be used as a role-playing game. I believe that. When I finished the last page of this and it seemed to conclude, I was like, there's so much comic book left that this must be one of those, like, support story, like, epilogue. You keep moving to, like, another space in in the universe. But it was just pages and pages of instructions and support info for, like, characters and then dialogue to, for like a game master to, yeah to, for a dungeon read. master yeah yeah for you to do can i ask you something before we go any further yeah. i said game master and i corrected you and said dungeon you master. said dungeon master i thought and you can tell me if i'm wrong because i'm less learned on this than you dungeons and dragons proprietary thing are those the only official dungeon masters or is dungeon master a term for like so it's a good question so like if you play pathfinder are you a dm still yeah i think that are you a gm <laughs> Great question. I assumed they were all dungeon masters, to be honest. I didn't realize it was like the proper noun owned by the entity (laughs) Uh of like, uh, who owns that? Wizards of the Coast? Something Uh, like that. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Shame on me if I corrected you wrong then. Game master, dungeon master. (laughs) Can I also go on another side story about fantasy stuff? Mm -hmm. Have you ever seen, this is one of Tom Hanks' first movies. Do you know what I'm going to say? The Man with One Red Shoe? (laughs) No. Uh, Mazes and Monsters. No. Okay. You're not familiar with this movie? Um, I've seen like the cover. Okay. Bargain bin at Walmart or something. Yeah. So this was kind of like a 
satanic panic era movie okay. wherein they're basically trying to scare kids away from playing Dungeons and Dragons. Oh. They play this game called Mazes and Monsters that's obviously Dungeon. Dungeons and Dragons. And Tom Hanks' character like gets lost in the game and he crosses like the line between fantasy and reality and starts living as his character. Okay. But it's supposed to be like dramatic. You know what I mean? It's not <laughs> not funny. It's not funny. It's like he goes into like a real psychosis and like loses his mind because he played Dungeons and Dragons. And it's I mean, it's terrible. And it's so funny to see such a famous actor who is like maybe a year or two out from starring in Big. Big. (laughs) Be in this movie that's like so trash and like such propaganda. It's definitely like a so bad it's good kind of cult classic, but not a lot of people have have watched it or heard of it. So we, I mean, there is no getting around that Dungeons and Dragons yeah. role-playing games are like the largest moment they've ever had since their heyday mm-hmm. in their like first 10 years of inception, yeah. right? Whether this got brought on by Stranger Things or the podcast phenomenon of so mm-hmm. many podcasters doing role-playing games, yeah. I don't think it was the sheer ingenuity of Dungeons and Dragons like actually marketing their product. No. Um, the board game phenomenon probably played into this as well. Yeah. And I'm sure the pandemic played into this as well, too, mm-hmm. as like people just wanting to gather and get together and have their pod and figure oh, out. Oh, and yeah, you can do this. It's one of the easiest like hangout things to do over Zoom. Right. And it's and it's it's seemingly fun. It's like mm-hmm. a video game of the mind. Yeah. <laughs> um, you, we don't have to explain what a role playing game is to you. So but comic books have been capitalizing on this. Yep. Die did this. Mm-hmm. There's count. I mean, Die is probably one of the most famous ones. But there's like I could like there's six other ones that I could if I saw them, I'd be like, oh yeah, one of those like fantasy kind of like Dungeons and Dragons esque. Dungeons and Dragons has its own comic book mm-hmm. line, right? So th- I mean, this comic book is essentially it's Pathfinder. It's just saying here is an existing role playing game for you to play. Yeah, if you want to. Right. Um, and it's I think that's fun. I like mm-hmm. I might my brother in law. Is, is like borderline a professional dungeon master. Gets, oh, wow. He gets hired to do games, much like you would get hired to do like host trivia for people. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna give him this comic and be like, you know, if you ever wanted a one-off game uh-huh. that's not D and D, here's this thing, you know. Right. And is that fun to them? I think he'd be like, ah, haha, yes, I get it. Like, you know, whatever, and like move on. <laughs> so I think the audience is like an odd thing. Can I? Um, we're not talking about the comic, but I want to say something to you. Yes. We we hired a new guy at my work, uh-huh. and. Not even jokingly, he said in a group staff meeting to everybody, I'm an elven ranger, if you want to know what I play in D&D. Oh, really? It's almost like so assumed that it's like saying like, uh, like you're Myers-Briggs yes, <laughs> to people. <right. laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> it's like, oh, it says so much about your personality. Yeah, and I was like, oh, yeah, I don't know. I guess you're useful and crafty. I don't really know. <laughs> there was a guy, he was like the floor manager at this weird job I had. But he's giving, I guess, an update to all the staff. And we found out that he played... Dungeons and Dragons. This was in like mid 2000? 2000s, maybe around 2005. Um, and playing board games at that point was like very not cool. Mm-hmm. He like dressed up to go play. Yeah. So they'd be like in character. And uh, one of my buddies raised their hand and was like, yeah, I've got a question. Uh, how would you kill a level four orc just to make fun of him? Yeah. And he was like, with a proper artifact, it would probably be pretty simple to use magics to 
<laughs> yes. Take care. Like he answered it like really in depth and then just like kept moving. Right. And I was like, fuck yeah. I love that. I love him. Yeah. That's that's exactly what should happen. Uh-huh. I feel like in some ways, do, well, have you ever been in a D&D campaign yourself? No. Uh-uh. Okay. I've been in two, I think, before. Okay. I feel like, not that, I definitely was not doing it before it was cool because I did it in like 2009. Yes. Right? But it's the same moment where I was like into obscure art rock or like uh-huh. obscure punk. And then that became the the ubiquitously like cool thing that like fraternities were into. Yeah. <laughs> and stuff. I feel like D&D has that moment now where uh-huh. it's like, I would not be surprised if like frats were into yeah. doing D&D campaigns. I like, agree. Um, and so- a la this book, this this book lives and dies by the premise that it's a standalone role-playing game. I didn't love this book, and I, I don't think it has much legs mm. beyond being the story for the role-playing game that unfolds. And when I got to the end and saw all the rules and things, I was like, it makes so much more sense. Exactly. I almost wish I knew it was that before I started because I would have taken it in a little differently. So I think this comic book got kickstarted. This is a one in four. Uh-huh. We could have done our research and figured that out. I would have, I too would have liked it better if I was like, I'm reading the premise for a standalone role playing yeah. game. Um, but good for format. We love format breakers. Yeah, and uh, that kind of thing. No, so I'm glad it exists. Me too. There's the, some killer covers for it. There are the familial relationships were kind of hard to find in, in between. I was like, who's whose mother? Yep. Uh, the bard doesn't speak. They just whisper music notes, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of interesting. Oh, a ton of Aztec history. We should mention that. That was a little bit of a curveball. It was weird to see these like traditional board game looking characters, orcs, things like that, intermingle. With like Cortez and Montezuma. Yes. So I think that's what makes the role playing game a standalone thing where uh-huh. it'd be like, oh, you're playing traditional D&D characters and roles, races mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff in the Aztec Mayan world, right? which is interesting to people, maybe. Yeah. We used to play, a, a, I don't know if you ever played a, the Ghostbusters uh, D&D game that we I did not. <laughs> I will not. I cannot. Yeah, it was, it was fun. It was fun. Um, so, I'll yeah. take your word for it. Yeah. So uh, this was its own com. I'm glad that it, ex- <laughs> that it exists. I, I, uh, Hen- Henry Barajas. Uh, good job being way into RPGs. You kicked ass at what you did here. Yes, and you you may you you figured out a way to break to merge the things that matter to yeah. people. What a week for comics! How about it? It was in- insane. So many storylines, so many different things <laughs> to get into. So much nerd shit. Yep. So all packed into like one big thing. I hope you got to pay cover price for a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, you're not looking for scra- scrounging on eBay. Uh, Black Widow had a first appearance. We didn't mention that. Oh, was there a new Black Widow this week? Mm-hmm. Ah, like, man, I missed a handful of things. A new character of sorts. Blah. So, and uh, Miles Morales is starting a new... Uh, clone saga, which, go. like, I've had enough with clones <laughs> in Spider-Man at this point. I don't need Miles to do it, too. Are they cloning Miles? Is he going to fight another Miles? Yeah, but they're, like, botched clones, I think. The cover, they're all, like, half people, half globs of, like, Akira flesh. Okay. They look like mangled Tetsuos. So Saladin Ahmed. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love him. He's been writing this run. Yeah. Uh, people love it, and it's got a great following. As they should. He's a great writer. He's a great writer, and and he's been building to it appropriately and very well as like a fun major arc to get to. This is a jump on point. I believe it's a little bit of a reset, too. Is it? Okay. Yeah, so. so I don't know. Fun event. There's probably some fun firsts with Miles in this because it's a new storyline, but... Uh, I just couldn't gear myself up for it. Yeah, I don't blame you. 
Mm-hmm. This is one of the sign of the times with me just like getting older as a comic book fan and being like some territory is just so trodden. I just like can't. I mean, you as such a webhead, that's a big statement too. Yeah. To be like, no. DC equivalent to Spider-Man is Batman because Spider-Man's the Marvel book with like a million side books and yeah. it's always getting what if and miniseries that you just can't keep up with. Batman's the same way. It's like every week there's another like Batman's Grave, like miniseries. <laughs> Black and white Batman. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so you really got to pick and choose. And the older I get, the more I'm like, nope. um, I'll read Amazing Spider-Man. There's too much other stuff. Yeah, I hear you. Well, great week for comics. Yeah. Great week to live. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thank you. <laughs> Bye.